When I was in my third and final year of grad school, I started dating a first year director. So when I graduated and moved back to New York, we were still in a relationship. And I was staying with my friend at the time in Brooklyn. This is before I'd gotten my own apartment. I'd gotten a job waiting tables at Extra Virgin in the village. And my boyfriend and I would be texting and talking on the phone a lot and communicating. But all of a sudden, my world was opened up a bit. There were some really cute bartenders at the places that I worked at. And I was in New York City and I just felt like my feelings for this ex were not strong anymore. And I started to feel like I was ready to move on. But I didn't quite know what was right for me. I didn't know if if I was ready to break up with him or if I just needed to commit more fully to him. So I was in this back and forth limbo phase. Welcome to Love Liz, the podcast that's all about inspiring you to be yourself, find true love, and live your purpose. This is for all of you seekers with deep desires who are struggling with your own self-worth and figuring out how to make your dreams come true. I'm your host, Liz Newcomer, actor turned Enneagram coach, human design practitioner, wife, and mama. I believe that who you are is enough to create the life and love you desire. Listen to find out why. I think we all go through that phase when there's some big decision that we have to make. It could be, do I stay with this person or do I break up with them? Do I move to London or do I stay in New York? Do I quit this job and pursue my own online business? Do I keep my kid at this school where I grew up or do I send him to a different school? Whenever there's a big decision on the table, things can get really confusing. We've got a lot of different voices in our heads and it can feel really important. And we don't want to make the wrong decision because we might have to experience the consequence from that decision in a negative way. So we're staying here in limbo. So I'm hemming and hawing, what should I do about this guy? And then my friend asked me a really simple question. And she said, well, are you in love with him? And I could just feel in my body a strong and clear no. (laughs) Like my head was like, oh, but he's such a great guy and he's a nice guy and he treats you well. And like, you like this about him and so, you know, but my body was black and white, very clear. It's a no for me. Once I had that knowing in my body, I couldn't, there was no other choice. There was only the choice to break up with him. And even though I felt really badly about it because I did care about him and I didn't want to hurt him, I knew that that was the right decision for me. It blindsided him a little bit because I went from one day saying I love you to the next day breaking up with him and he was like how can you be so hot and cold and how can both of these things exist at the same time it's it's a valid question 
And I, I think that I really did break his heart. He felt like I pulled the rug out from underneath him, which I did. We had one conversation after breaking up a couple months later, he was visiting New York and we went out to lunch together and he told me, you know, I just felt like you made this unilateral decision for the both of us. And I felt like I didn't have a say. And sometimes that's how it goes in relationships. And yes, in an ideal world, we would all get to communicate and present our cases and compromise. But the truth is, if it's not right for one person, then it's not right for both people. There was nothing that he could have said that would have changed my mind. I didn't love him. I wasn't in love with him. I cared about him as a person, as a friend, and that was it. So then over the years, I've thought a lot about this when you're in that space of not wanting to make the wrong decision and how do you figure out what the right decision is for you when it isn't that clear. I want you to bring to mind a decision that you have to make. Something that feels a little bit scary, like you might have something to lose no matter which way you decide. And what you have to lose might be disappointing someone that you love or disappointing yourself. I guess that's what it always has to do with. I'm going to lose something. I'm going to lose the connection with this person if I break up with them. If I move, I'm going to lose all of the things that I love about this place. The root of the word decision means to cut. And so there's this sense of cutting off something that you might want to hold on to. And we as humans just have a really hard time with that. We have a hard time with change. When I was a middle school drama teacher, I used to play different like kid games on the field with some of my students. And we would play Red Rover, Red Rover, send so-and-so right over. And then someone would run through those person's hands and try to break that line. It ended up getting so violent (laughs) with big kids. So highly don't recommend, even though it's really fun. But that cutting, that severing, that tie is just really scary and difficult and confusing. So whatever that is, I want you to bring that to mind. And now we're just going to take a little bit of time and space with it through the context of my own practice that I call the saboteur versus the soothsayer. When you've got this decision to make, one thing that gets really confusing is we're afraid to take risks Uh, because of what I talked about before, but because we're going to lose something, but also because there's a fear of the unknown. We don't know what we are going towards. We don't know what we might gain. And so that's very scary as well. So I've created this practice, this concept, this way of looking at making decisions called the saboteur versus the soothsayer. And I want to introduce first the archetype of the saboteur. And this is almost like the devil on your shoulder. 
right now I'm directing A Christmas Carol and we open tomorrow night on December 8th. And the way that I've directed The Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come is he's got this mask and hat and a cloak and he's behind a sheet and he's lit from behind. So we just see the shadow of him and he's got this dark, deep voice that's sounds like Bane from the Christian Bale Batman movies. And this is kind of what the energy of the saboteur is like. It's this ominous feeling. And a lot of times the saboteur wants to keep us small, wants to hold us back, limit us, restrict us. It's afraid to take risks because it's afraid that you might die. The other archetypal character that's in conversation here is the soothsayer. And I think of the soothsayer as like a wise, light-filled sorceress or sorcerer. I have a selenite stick that helps me clear my energy. So the soothsayer feels like it has this very pure and clear and clean energy attached to it. It's expansive. It's open. It's like you can have this exhale, this... You know, when you make a decision and you're so in turmoil and at odds when you're in the midst of the decision, but then once you make it and it feels like you can just like let out this sigh of relief, that's what the soothsayer feels like. So one thing I might ask yourself is, what does my saboteur want me to decide and what does my soothsayer want me to decide? Now, depending on where you are, The soothsayer isn't always right. (laughs) And this is actually a new concept for me. I'm just now coming to terms with this. Because you have to be ready for that expansion. And if you're not, and you take too big of a risk, it could snap you back and have a adverse or negative effect. And then you could get further into your shell and that wouldn't be great. I'm going to share this other story that happened when I was a middle school drama teacher. And on the first day of seventh grade acting class, I had this fun exercise called the superhero name game in order for me to learn the kids' names and for them to start practicing getting into their body and their voice and improvisation. They would come up with an alliterative name. So give themselves an adjective that started with the same letter as their first name, and then they would do it in a voice and do some sort of movement. And you might be listening and being like, oh my God, that sounds awful or terrible, or oh, that sounds fun. But in general, it's fun. So I would always start and I'd be like, lightning rod Liz. And I would do a lightning rod with my hand or like loopy Liz. (laughs) And so I would like show being silly to them and then we would all do it together and we we would repeat it back and there was this one girl who refused to do it and I was aware at this point because I'd done it many many times with different different classes that there's a lot of different aspects that could be challenging or feel really scary and one is just coming up with the adjective so we're all offering her her name started with a k and we're all offering her you know kite flying or kingdom loving or karate chop so and so and she was completely refusing to play the game like shut down 
And so in the moment, I'm trying to encourage her to get out of her comfort zone. And so I'm really staying with her. Maybe I'm forcing her. Maybe I'm not giving her enough space and I'm kind of like pressuring her to be involved. She had such a negative reaction to that and it it sent her so far deep into her shell that she never really came back from that moment. And it was a horrible lesson for me to learn that I could do the opposite of what I was hoping to do, that I could push someone further into their shell instead of encouraging them to grow. But she just wasn't ready for it. I mean, I ended up speaking to her and she had school refusal, so it wasn't just my class, but it wasn't supportive. She wasn't ready for it. She wasn't ready for that expansion at that time. And what she needed was she needed to be okay to stay small. And so in those cases, knowing yourself, knowing what decision you're making, where you're at, sometimes the soothsayer is too big of an energy for you that you might not be ready. And the saboteur might have some really valuable information that you need to hear. And this is actually the conversation that I'm starting to understand more is that it's not either or. They both are part of the decision. If you are confused, giving yourself a lot of space and time as much as you can around that conversation between those different parts of yourself, as opposed to forcing yourself to pick a side, because it's uncomfortable when you're in that limbo period. And sometimes we just jump to a decision before we're ready. One of my dear friends and clients is in this sort of limbo relationship with someone and she's really enjoying spending time with him and just being present and not necessarily having any expectation or label of where it needs to go. She's not in a rush. She doesn't need to get married and have a baby. She's not on some sort of timeline, but even the amorphous quality of being in a relationship and not having a label or a title is making her feel a little anxious and like she needs to hold on to a title or force something. And so when you're in that space, sometimes it's hard to be present. The saboteur is like, are you boyfriend, girlfriend? When are you going to see each other next? We need to know these things because that's what keeps us safe. And the soothsayer is like, if you really trusted If you trusted in yourself and the universe, then you wouldn't need those labels. You're okay without them. Sometimes we need the label because we're not ready to really trust ourselves. Although that invitation is always available to you. And the more that you can trust in the unknown, the safer the unknown is to you. And the more you can party with discomfort in that liminal space because you've practiced And your compass can always be inside of you. Your groundedness can always be within you. I hope this practice can be supportive whenever you're navigating that confusing experience of making a decision where you know something's at stake and you want to set yourself up for success and you want to make the best decision for you and everyone involved. I hope this episode resonated with you. And until next time... Love, Liz. If 
you're ready to discover your true self and break free from those automatic patterns that may be holding you back, I invite you to take the next step and book a Discovering You Enneagram typing session on my website, elizabethnewcomer.com. This session will be your guiding light on the path to authenticity, alignment, and fulfillment. And if you're enjoying this podcast and find it inspiring, please consider leaving a five-star review. Your feedback is encouraging and helps our message reach more people who could benefit from this transformative journey. Thank you so much for being a part of this community.